Do you have a story to tell? Here at Rider on the Road, it's the journey that matters. Regardless of where you are on your riding journey, Rider on the Road will inspire you to take your dreams and make them happen. So sit back and enjoy the show as Melinda brings you guests who know what it's like to go it alone and who are willing to reach out to the rest of us by sharing their stories. Authors, publishers, entrepreneurs, people at all stages of the riding journey, just like you and me. It's time, dear listeners, to answer the question for yourselves. Do you have a story to tell? And it's welcome to another episode of Writer on the Road. We're getting very close to episode 20 now, which is quite exciting. And I, as you know, I've been very excited about getting up to a thousand downloads and I've been waiting for my pink champagne for that to happen. Uh, The guest I have with me this evening uh, has pushed the 20,000 download mark and he's just won number one entrepreneur podcast uh, with his 20,000 downloads. This is one impressive man who's achieved things very quickly. My guest tonight is Daniel Geffen and he, I hope I've pronounced that right correctly, Daniel, yeah, and he runs a wonderful podcast called Can I Pick Your Brain? And I've been listening to him for some time now, and it's all about uh, how the top entrepreneurs get where they are, and they're usually broke to start with, and by the time Daniel gets to them, they're doing some amazing things, and I'm hoping tonight that Daniel will share some of those stories with us. So welcome to the podcast, Daniel, and how is it in Israel today? It is sunny and uh, beautiful. Thank you. Yeah, I was going to say sunny Israel, but I thought I might have been making it up. No, no, it's it's very sunny. Are you in Australia, right, Sydney? Yeah, no, we're in Brisbane, Australia here. Uh, Yeah, we consider ourselves to be uh, much more civilised than down in the big city in Sydney. Uh, we, We like to take pride in the fact that we're in sunny Queensland and my guests will know you from a time that I was driving to work and I was talking to you, oh sorry, I was listening to you in Israel and you were interviewing a woman in New York and it kind of blew me away that we could be um, in all these places in the world and still feel that we're having the same conversation. Yeah, no, it's very cool. Yeah. Okay. So welcome to the podcast. Uh, Daniel's introduction is he's an entrepreneur father. Sorry, father comes first because he's got four children, one of them a brand new baby, which we'll ask him about in a minute. Entrepreneur, podcast host, business mentor, speaker and writer. But the things I managed to glean from doing a bit of research about you, Daniel, were much more interesting. They had that you're a Bob Marley fan, that you love New York Chinese food. Um, The photo I saw of you was swinging upside down with your sons at some kind of kindy gym and that you love tennis and take time out from writing by playing pool. (laughs) <laughs> that's some of the things I get up to, yeah. <laughs> yeah, so would you like to tell us, uh, I know you've told your story so many times on Pick Your Brain, but my, this is, um, my guests probably haven't had the pleasure of knowing your business. Daniel is a, is a fantastic businessman. He started Jet Virtual Offices, which I, I'm guessing made him his first millions. I'm not sure, but he is now a podcaster, and that's how I came across him, and he gets to speak to the top people in the world. Uh, Daniel, would you like to very quickly tell us a little bit about your transition from, I guess, businessman extraordinaire with your jet virtual to podcaster and relaxing in sunny Israel? Yeah, sure. Um, I, I don't know how far you want me to go, um, depending on how much time we have. But uh, okay, I'll keep it brief. Basically, um, 
I went from a six-figure salary in California to going broke in 2008. I, you know, all I need to do is say 2008 and everybody understands basically. Um, I was at the point where I couldn't pay the rent and my landlady um, kicked me, my wife and my first child out of our apartment and we were on the streets. Um, I had to move back to London to work in my dad's grocery store, which was this little tiny grocery store selling milk and cheese and eggs and things like that. And I did that for a year until I told my wife that uh, if I had to do that another day, I'd probably shoot everybody in the store, including myself. So I started my own business and um, built it up. It was a te- it was a call center business that was a telephone answering. We would answer calls for many different companies, and uh, and then that evolved to also offering virtual office services, um, search engine optimization services, and and uh, a few other other services. But the cool thing about the the business was um, that I had a, a situation come up where um, one of my head receptionists, she she became suicidal. So um, she called me up one day and said that she couldn't come back to work. And my whole business relied on this one person. Um, and it was a big lesson that I learned um, very early on in life, which is that you can't you can't let your business, you can't rely on one person for your business. In fact, you can't really rely on anybody to run your business. You, you've got to always be on top of things. And, uh, you know, this was a huge, it shook me up. And uh, I remember going home that day and thinking, that's it. I, I, my business is finished. Um, because we also had another, another call the same day from the, uh, the office manager, the people who, uh, owned the office building, um, giving us notice that we had to leave the office as well and, and, uh, get a new office. So it was all happening in one go. And, uh, I remember calling up my business mentor, Gavin, and I was telling him how it's all going downhill. I'm giving up. Uh, there's no way I'm going to make this work. And he listened to me for about 20 minutes going on and on and on and on as we do. And he goes, Daniel, shut up. <laughs> okay. Get off your sorry, you know, self pitiful behind and go do something about it, you know? And I got a bit of a shock because, you know, I thought I was, I was expecting sympathy here, not, you know, that. But uh, I think I needed a good slap in the face. So I, I got up and I thought, okay, there's got to be, you know, a better way to, to operate the business. Because ultimately what was happening was I was working so hard in my business that I, was, I, I wasn't really making a lot of money. Um, I was busy uh, managing staff, uh, putting out fires, debt collecting, you, you know, chasing up all the invoices, you name it. And so all the profits were basically being put back into the company and I wasn't able to grow the business because I was so focused on working in the business. And so another valuable lesson I learned early on was that you've got to take a step out of your business. You've got to get out of the way. Um, and, and the best way to do that is to create a system that can run without you. Um, and at that time, I was reading a book by Michael Gerber called um, uh, The... Uh, the E-Myth. I'm not sure if you've, have you heard of that the, yeah. the book? The E-Myth? Yeah. Yeah. So the E-Myth Revisited. And again, it's all about working on your business and not in your business. And so I had this crazy idea, uh, which, was, which was insane at the time. But now, it, now I look back and it was the best decision I ever made, which was to outsource my whole business to one of my competitors. 
So essentially, I ended up interviewing some of my competitors, and uh, I picked the one that I thought I could trust the most and that can deliver the best service. And obviously, we negotiated on on the margins. Um, the way that I structured it was that I kept all my clients. Everything was under my brand name. I kept my brand, which is very important because your biggest asset are your clients. You know, your biggest asset are your clients, um, and you never want to give that up. So even if I, my advice to, to those listening is that even if when, when, you're, when you're thinking of, of outsourcing or, or doing anything like that, always make sure that you are retaining your clients. Make sure that the brand is your brand and that nobody else, because you know, ultimately you build up your 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 client base and that's your biggest asset. So that was about five years ago. And since then I've managed to build the business um, because I didn't have to work in the business. In fact, funny enough, um, the day that I outsourced my company, I drove to a nearby hotel and uh, literally went in with my laptop and my phone into the hotel lobby, sat there and I ran my business from a hotel lobby. And I did that every single day for about a year until finally the the, uh, hotel manager kind of caught on and, and it's like, just came up to me and says, what, what, what are you doing here? I see you here. Do you, do you live at the hotel? I said, no, I don't, I don't live here. Uh, I go home. I go home at night. You know, I've got a wife and kids. Yeah. He said, well, what, what, are you a guest? I mean, what, what are you doing here? I said, well, I'm working uh, on my business. I'm running my business from here. And he kind of gave me this look like, okay, well, do you mind running your business from somewhere, somewhere else? You know, so it was, it was pretty funny and uh, it was enjoyable at the time. But, you know, I, I'm telling you the amount um, of growth that I saw in my business when I was able to just step out of the business and work on it was, it was incredible. Um, so then after that, um, I decided I've always been, a, it's always been a dream of mine to move to Israel. And so me, my wife, and our three children, we moved out here about a year ago. And um, my businesses basically run themselves. Uh, as I said, because I've been able to take myself out of the equation, uh, I don't need to be involved. Um, they just run on their own. I probably spend about maybe two to three hours a week just uh, making sure everything's running smoothly. And because I had all this free time, you know, I was playing tennis, hanging out with my kids, my wife, going to the beach. Um, and obviously, as an entrepreneur, you get bored. You know, you, you, you need to do something. You know, you've got to keep going. Um, so I decided, um, well, actually, what happened was somebody said to me, oh, um, can you come on as a guest on my podcast show? And I didn't know what a podcast show was. I said, well, what's that? Uh, and he said, well, it's like a radio show, but it's online. It's on iTunes. And I thought, oh, that, that sounds like fun, a radio show. Okay, fine. And so I went on as a guest and I told him my whole story, uh, the long version, and uh, I really enjoyed it. Um, and, and, I, and I felt very comfortable speaking into the mic. And at the end, I said to him, gosh, I'd love to do this. And he said to me, well, why not? Why don't you do it? And uh, so that was it. I decided I'm going to start a podcast show. And within two weeks, I had my first episode out. And now just uh, about six months later, I'm... Um, as we said in the intro, I'm 20,000 downloads, and uh, um, it's it's been absolutely incredible. Um, I love it. Yeah, absolutely and, love it. And that is the short story of Daniel's, um, 
I guess, life history. And if you want to know more about that, he was talking with a gentleman by the name of Park Howell. And that's where I picked up the story that Daniel has just shared with us. It was 10 Steps to Becoming a Master Storyteller. And Park Howell took Daniel through the whole process of... um, identifying what what your story is and how to tell it it's it's a um, podcast that's well worth listening to and I'm hoping to contact um, Park at one stage and see if I can get him onto the show for us because as you know we focus on do you have a story to tell and I think it was one of the first times Daniel that you'd had to actually pull your story together from scratch and tell it uh, the way he 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 didn't force it out of you but he certainly took you to a deeper level of storytelling Mm-hmm. Yeah, that was very fascinating and uh, happy to, to send you the link to that. Yeah, yeah. And uh, the other thing that the 20,000 downloads, Daniel started this thing in January, uh, which is fairly impressive. And as you fossick around his his website there and his blog, he tends to be very excited about numbers and very competitive, I'm guessing. And he ran this little thing about... Um, if their guests wanted to be named in the top 10 podcasts and it became a bit of a game I think that guys wanted to be in your top 10 podcasts and we were encouraging people to download so that they could be in the top 10 podcasts was that a bit of fun yeah yeah it was a lot of fun and and, and actually um again it's uh it's something that I've learned that you know everybody wonders how do I how do I get people involved? How do we get people excited in what we're doing? And and the way the best way is to get them involved um, by by creating a little bit of a buzz, creating a little bit of competitiveness, a bit of competition. And uh, and, and I found that uh, it was it was very successful because everybody was like, oh, I've got to get to number to, into the top ten spot. So yeah, it's very cool. Yeah, and I was taking notes and I was thinking I'm getting an education just fossicking through this stuff. So uh, stay tuned, listeners. I'm going to do my top 10 podcasts and uh, I've got a funny feeling most of them are going to be romance authors, um, but we're working on bringing in some more entrepreneurial types uh, just to get our businesses up and running. And it brings me to the real reason I've asked Daniel onto the podcast tonight because as entrepreneurs, as authorpreneurs, as business builders, one of the key things is networking. Now, Daniel has become a bit of a go-to person for networking recently. He's looking at me going, have I? Um, but I did listen to a small podcast of yours where you had the uh, six steps to to great networking. And I was wondering if you'd run through those with us. Oh, God, I've got to remember them now. <laughs> <laughs> I was going to write them out, but I knew I was having the expert on. So I've just written networking, the t- top t- six uh, tips. Okay, well, look, I mean, to be honest with you, a lot of the stuff I do is off the cuff. Um, I don't plan. No, I'm, and this is, I think, and this, is, this, is, this is who I am. This is the thing. This is who I am. I, 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 I've always, I hated school. I hated academics. I hated school. The reason why I hated it was because it was always about having to remember stuff. It wasn't about whether you were smart or not smart. I don't believe that getting an A in in school in any subject necessarily means that you're smarter than anyone else. It just means you've got a better memory. 
think about it. If you've got a really, really good memory, all you have to do is remember everything that was taught to you in the class and you've aced the test. Whereas somebody who could be very smart but doesn't have a great memory isn't very good at remembering certain things, especially boring things like history. I mean, who cares what happened in 1955 on, you know, in, in Jupiter? Like, what, what the heck, right? So, so if, you, if, you, if you're not interested and you're not remembering these things, so why do, why do I, uh, why would I? And, and the pressure on top of that, I mean, when you're under pressure, you know, you, you know when you're running late for something? Like, let's say you're going to a wedding, and then suddenly you wear the car. Where the car keys? Where the car keys? Go, 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 the car keys. Why? Because all of a sudden now you're pressured, so you can't remember where you've put anything, and then you're shouting at everybody. And anyway, bottom line is, <laughs> is that that's why, that's why I do things off the cuff. I just, whatever, when it comes to me, I talk about it. If it comes to me, I write about it. That's why, I'm, by the way, I'm writing a book. I'm actually going to be publishing a book. So you're going to have to get me on the show again um, in April. I'm coming out with a book. Um, I'm not sure if I should mention the title at the moment. I'm just a bit, uh, do you know what? What the heck? I'll go for it. It's, called, it was, it's going to be called The Self-Help Addict. That's going to be the title of the book. And to be very honest with you, I've got no clue what it's going to be about. I mean, I know what it's going to be about, but I've got no idea what's actually going to be in the book until I sit down and just write. And the way I'm going to write this book is when I get one of these moments of inspiration, which is usually in the shower. It's a shame they don't have, you know, if you want to become a, a millionaire, just come up with like a waterproof notepad or something, you know, for the shower or maybe like a whiteboard in the shower that's waterproof or something. Brilliant idea. But anyway, um, I'm just going to, whenever I have those moments, I'm just going to sit down and write them down. See, a lot of people that, write, that want to write a book or want to write an article, they sit down and they pick a time of the day. Okay, six o'clock every evening, I'm going to sit down when the birds are chirping and the sun is setting. I'm going to go out in my garden and I'm just going to start typing away. But the problem is, is that for a lot of people, it doesn't work like that. You, your brain doesn't just suddenly switch on and the best ideas come at six o'clock. It, it just doesn't happen. Usually it happens when you're not trying to think. It's usually when, you know, when you're going on this drive and you're kind of on your own and you're going, you know, you're just driving away and suddenly these great ideas are coming. You know, it's what's really annoying is you can't actually write anything down because you're driving or when you're in the shower or when you're going on a hike or whatever it is, or when you're in bed in the middle of the night, two in the morning, suddenly you wake up, oh my goodness, that's a great idea, but I can't be bothered to get up and write it down. But the point of the matter, what I'm trying to say is, is that if you keep a notepad with you or, or, or your laptop with you or whatever it is, then whenever you do get the, those sort of moments of inspiration, write it down and eventually you're going to have an incredible book. Um, in fact, there's a tool that I use called Keep. By Google, it's one of the Google apps, and it's called Keep. And I have it on my phone, and you can write memos down on there, and you can also record um, audios. So I use that a lot because then, again, as I said, if you're driving, you can grab your phone and, and quickly take an audio. Um, so how did I get onto this? Um, <laughs> well, we were yes. talking about networking, and then you went on to your book. Um, by the way, it is another exclusive on Writer on the Road. Daniel Geffen is writing a book called uh, For the Self-Help Addict. Uh, we will have Daniel back on, and he's going to tell us all about that. I'm madly scrolling through Daniel's feed trying to find those six steps for us. What I'll do is I'll put no, them no, in no, our shadows. Sure, I'm, sure, I'm sure if I don't think about it, it will come, it will, I'll, I'll remember it. So let's let's try and do this. So Okay, so, so network. So number one is is be uh, become a a giver, not a taker. That's the first thing. The first thing is is a lot of people out there um, are they, 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 
the way they they network it's it's a very it's it's very off putting right i don't know if you've ever been to a networking event um or for that matter anywhere any sort of business event and there's certain people who literally just come up to you uh, shake your hand and then suddenly you find their business card in your hand it's like what's this that's like <laughs> Why are you shoving this in my? I don't want this. It's a piece of paper. Like that. Usually, it goes straight into the trash because you know I'm not interested in 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 your uh, in your uh, what's it called uh, uh, business card. I'd like to know about you first. You know, if you, maybe if you come up to me and ask me how I'm doing, who I am, you know, hi. So the first thing is is, is to become a a giver. Become, become somebody interested in everybody else. And when you become interested in other people, they become interested in you. Um, that's, that's step number one. Um, step number two. In fact, you know what? I can stop. I've actually, I think I've actually got a file here. Yeah. Um, yeah. And the reason I'm so interested in this, listeners, is because we haven't spoken about this much I'm, I've been for the last few months very busily building my networks uh, so that I can share what I find out with you guys and I'm particularly interested in entrepreneurship, as you know, and building our businesses. I've just joined a group with Daniel and one of the first things that have come across very, very strongly is that it's getting to know someone, telling your story, feeling safe with someone and being um, proving yourself trustworthy and then people will buy from you Uh, and I think that's in the romance writers group that we move in everybody knows everybody everybody supports everybody and it's a it's a wonderful place to be Uh, and I think I guess the romance writers have, have nailed this for a long long time and Daniel's just put his thumbs up for me he's found his six points and I'm determined to get them out of him go for it Daniel well, that was very good. Thank you very much for for giving me that. Uh, <laughs> yeah. Okay. So, so the first thing I wanted to also say is that um, your network is your net worth. Uh, so, the the idea that Richard Branson, for example, anybody successful, widely successful, Oprah Winfrey, that what makes them successful, I believe, and what what gives them the most amount of value is their network, their team. They could not have done it on their own. And unless you've got a very good network, you're only going to go so far in life. And that's in business and life. And um, because of my network, I've had new major business opportunities. Because of my network, I've, I, I, in fact, I'll tell you an interesting story. Um, I was going on a business trip to New York. And um, I, I was going to rent a car, but then I thought to myself, do you know what? I remember I had this guy on my show who sells cars. Maybe he'll have a car that he can lend me for the week. So I, I, I Facebook messaged him and said, hey, Oren, um, I'm in New York, by the way. Um, do you know, I kind of said, do you know anywhere I can rent a car? You know? And he says to me, oh, no, Daniel, don't, don't, don't bother renting a car. I'll, I'll give you one for free. So I thought, really? Wow, that's incredible. So I get there expecting some banger, which was fine. I don't mind. You know, it's just car is a car, right? He gives me a $100,000 three Mercedes. I was like, what? Seriously? And he said, yeah, sure, no problem, buddy. Just, uh, you know, take it for the week, bring it back. I was shocked. But again, this is when you've got, a, 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 when you build solid relationships and you build relationships with people, um, this is what happens. Um, because of my network, I've been introduced to some of the top influencers in the business world um, and in my space. My network has helped me create my new book because, you know, which 
which, as I mentioned, will be coming out in April 2016. Where do you think most of my testimonials for the book will come from? That will come from my network. Um, and of course, how am I going to sell copies of the book through my network? And my, my network has allowed me to have multiple businesses that run completely on their own, you know, without me. And so number one, as I said, was to, 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 to be a giver, not a taker, basically to become a social butterfly. Instead of trying to get people to like your Facebook page or retweet, you know, your post or to share something that you wrote, you know, become the person to retweet other people's posts. Be- become the person who comments on other people's, you know, think about it, right? When, when we post something and, and we get a like, right, we get this little, it's like having a little piece of chocolate. You know, it gives us this ni- nice feeling. You know, oh, we got a like, oh, and two likes and three, oh, 10 likes, oh, 20 likes or 50 likes. So imagine if you're getting that pleasure. So when you're giving somebody else a like, or when you go out of your way and you write a comment on someone's post, you're giving them that that pleasure and the law of reciprocity is that we want to we want to give back and so the more that you give to other people the more people we want to get, will want to give back to you so that's number 1 number 2 is to be strategic if you want to connect with specific people then spend time following them and giving them positive feedback um so you know, give you an example give you a story so a friend of mine um managed to get Brian Tracy to give him a testimonial for his book. So I asked him, I said, David, Brian Tracy? I mean, that's, that's a big testimonial to get. How would you get a, a testimonial from Brian Tracy? And he said to me, well, it's an interesting story that involved sea bass. <laughs> I said, I said, sea bass? He said, yeah, sea bass. Basically, what happened was he was at um, a business event where Brian Tracy was speaking. Uh, Brian Tracy was invited to speak. And and during lunchtime, he heard, he overheard Brian Tracy getting a bit upset about the 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 hosts of the seminar didn't check to see what Brian Tracy was allergic to, and they didn't realize. But he's um, he's actually allergic to wheat. He's, he's he only eats gluten free food, so there was nothing gluten free. And um, so my friend David thought, oh, you know what? Um, I've, I brought some sea bass. Um, he's, at, he's Jewish, so he can only eat kosher. So he knew he wasn't going to be able to eat the food there. So he brought, himself, he brought some kosher sea bass. So he goes up to Brian Tracy and says, Brian, um, you can have my lunch if you want. You know, I, I, brought, I brought sea bass. And so Brian, you know, said, oh, that's really, really kind of you. You know, are you sure you, you, don't, you don't want it? And my friend David said, look, you know, you're going to be speaking um, and you don't want to go speaking hungry. So, you know what, have it. It's fine. So, of course, he then took that, that moment to sit down with Brian. They had lunch together. And during their conversation, David said, you know, Brian, I'm actually writing a book. I've almost finished it. Would you, you know, would you read it and, and let me know what you think? And Brian said, sure, no problem. Give me a copy. I'll go through it and I'll let you know. And, of course, Brian ended up giving him the testimonial. So you never know how far Seabass can go. But the, the moral of the story is, yeah, is that, You've got if you want to if you want to connect to certain people, you've got to think a little bit out of the box, and also you've got to be consistent and follow them, and um, you know not in a way, not in a sort of like this, uh, you know what's the word where you get these stalkers, you know the oh hello hello yeah, in normal way yeah. Number three is to make a plan. So today, start building your network. If you connect with just one person a day, then by the end of the year. 
you'll already be connected to over 300 new contacts. Number four is to keep in touch with your network. So a lot of people, they, they'll like start a, uh, a blog or they'll start like a Facebook group or a, uh, an email list, yeah, subscribers. And what will happen is they'll, they'll start posting once a week or they'll start sending an email once a week. And then eventually after like a couple of months, they post every two weeks and then once a month and then once every three months and they lose the consistency. And what happens when you do that is that you essentially, all of those connections that you had start to fall away. You lose that connection. And so my advice would be to make sure that you try and touch base with each of your connections at least once every 90 days. And it, it could be something very simple like sending an email or a Facebook message just saying, hey, how are you doing? That's it. Just starting a little bit of a conversation, just saying, hi, how are you doing? Once every 90 days with every single person in your network, because that way you keep your network um, connected and you know, the relationships um, alive. Number five is to stand out from the crowd by going the extra mile. Um, it's, it's very easy to be extraordinary in today's world because everybody is doing what everybody's doing, right? People nowadays have got this lazy attitude and mindset and everybody's just copying and doing what everyone else is doing. For example, I'll give you an example. You know, on Facebook, um, every day you've got these um, happy birthday, like people who, who, who it's their birthday today. So Facebook tells you, by the way, uh, you know, David Abrams, it's his birthday today and Alan Scott, it's his birthday. So of course, what do you do? Every, what everybody else does, right? You're like, happy birthday, happy birthday, happy birthday, happy birthday, happy birthday. So of course, this poor Alan guy on his birthday gets, you know, a happy birthday from a hundred people, but it's, it's so fake and, and unauthentic. It's like, you know, I remember on my birthday, I had like, you know, 300 happy birthdays, but it's like, Come on, guys. Seriously, nobody took the effort, right? But there was one person that actually did something unique, right? He sent, it was like a cute picture or something, something different. It took him probably 60 seconds, but I remembered him because he did something different to everybody else. So it could be something very simple. Take a picture of yourself with a birthday cake and a silly little hat and maybe do a silly face or whatever it is. And, you know, when it's someone's birthday, post the picture and say happy birthday and you will become more memorable to that person than everybody else in his network. Um, number six um, is the best way to build your network, in my opinion, is to refer people business. Make valuable introductions and connections to other people. Nothing will get people to want to do business with you more than people who have received business or referrals from you, right? You know, if somebody makes a really valuable introduction to you, the first thing you ask yourself is, oh, wow, that's so nice of this person. How can I help him or how can I help her? And so if you keep giving to, and get, it really goes back and it ties in with, with number one, which is to become a giver, which is just to really help other people and then they will help you. So I would just, I guess, a shameless plug from me, just a little action step would be that if you want to become part of my network, um, I'm growing my network on my Facebook group and I've got uh, Melinda's in there, of course, and uh, we've got all of my guests that I've had on my show and all the different connections that I've built um, over time. So you could join my group. Uh, it's a closed group, so I'd have to uh, you just, uh, if you click on the link, uh, I guess, Melinda, you'll put it in the, in the show notes there, but uh, um, if you want to just join the group, you can also go on Facebook and just type into the search bar. 
can I pick your brain and the, the group will come up. And if you just click on that, join the group. And uh, it's a lot of fun. We all help each other um, to grow and to become better at what we do. Yeah, and thank you, Daniel, for I put you on a bit of a spot there. I'm glad you found those notes, and I'm glad we got through the whole six points. So you did very well. Thank you. Uh, And that whole networking thing, I've noticed since I've been looking, I guess, and searching myself for, I guess, a home, and I found it, certainly found it here with all our romance writers, and it's like finding your own tribe. But building that network, tapping into the entrepreneurial spirit and putting yourself out there, I've, I've popped in and out of a few groups and I've maintained relationships with some of them, but it does require work and it does require consistency. But the rewards are certainly there because you make new friends. Yeah, he's nodding his head at me going, yeah, sure, what next? Okay, so we'll move right along. <laughs> All right. Uh, something that I've wanted to ask you for a while, you've been interviewing entrepreneurs you're obviously um quite dynamic yourself over your 40 podcasts i think you're up to now what have you 45 okay now i am subscribed to daniel singh i don't know why i haven't got up to 45 i'm up to 41 on uh, uh, 40 40 are published and five are still uh, coming out I've, I've recorded them but they haven't been published so that's why Ah, okay. And I've got a bit of that problem myself. I keep um, talking to more people. So I've actually started to put up uh, two podcasts a week just to try and get through my backlog. I'm pretty excited that I get to speak to people all over the world and I'm taking full advantage of that in my first few months. Um, And I'm sure once the novelty wears off, I'll settle down to one a week. But at the moment, it's two a week and I'm having all sorts of fun. And as you said, putting yourself out there, finding out things. I'm thinking about... Well, I don't know. I've, I've read a little bit about membership clubs and it seems to be a very American thing, uh, people who are life coaches and mentors and all that sort of stuff, and I know what you think about some of those words. Uh, do you think those paid membership things are worth it or do you think the way you're going where, where we come of our own free will and we share, share our experiences and grow together, which do you think is more valuable? Oh, man. Um... I think it. I think it really depends um, what you're looking to. Um, there are certain membership groups that are paid groups where they they could be very valuable, um, but there's so many free groups out there. That the problem with the free groups is that there's so many of them, and a lot of them are not monitored properly. So you've got a lot of spammy people in there just trying to sell you stuff and. You know, one of the things that I do with my group is I literally make sure that I check everything that goes on in the group because I just don't. I've been in all the different groups, LinkedIn groups, Facebook groups, and as you said, I bounce out of them because they just get they start getting too spammy and they don't get moderated and there's very little value that you can get from those groups. But so sometimes the paid groups keep out all the uh, the crap, so to speak, right? All the people who are just trying to sell you stuff. Um, so that would be, I, I think, the advantage of joining a paid group. Yeah, I've, I've had some figures bandied around and we're talking about our, I guess, our top female coaches in America and they're our, they're our solopreneurs, our entrepreneurial women. And like they'll have 9,000 people in their paid group and the, and that's a huge amount of income coming in for them. But only probably the top 
I think it was two or three hundred would go into this elite group. Uh, and I know I was speaking to Angus Nelson and he, he has been, or I don't know how long it's been going, but he's got a group like that himself where you pay $500 a month and you join this group and you get that expertise, A, that Angus has and B, I guess, from the expertise of other people within the group. Um, I thought a little bit about doing that, but I'm just not ready and I'm not just not rich enough at this stage. Uh, but I am thinking of, of starting a group of, um, I guess, female writerpreneurs if you like or authorpreneurs I've heard a few different words bandied around um, but I wasn't quite sure whether to go that way and I knew you were coming onto the podcast tonight and I thought I'd I'd pick your brain about that one Sorry. Um, you know it's interesting is I was going to do a podcast course I was going to teach you know do a do a, a podcast course a course on how to start a podcast and grow the podcast and I had obviously people asking me to do it and my first thought was, okay, I've got to come up with a free product and then a paid product. And I spent so much time trying to come up with the free content and eventually I just got so busy with all the other things that I was doing that I just didn't do it. And I'll tell you what I learned from that experience, that sometimes it's not a good idea to offer something for free. Because, and I'll give you an example. I interviewed um, the founder of Meet Edgar, which is basically a, an app that allows you to re... It, it, what, what happens is all your content that you put out on social media, Meet Edgar takes that content and repurposes it. So every couple of months, you're getting the content that you've written, you know, reposted in different places so that people are seeing because not all of your connections will see a post that you've put up and so if you repost it then you're more likely to to get more exposure Uh, but bottom line is is that this person has built this company up to now three million dollars in annual revenue and i asked her how come she doesn't have a free model? Because when I went on the website, you, you can only sign up to a $50 a month package and that's it. There is no free, you know, you get a lot of, a lot of these um, apps or, or courses or you've always got the free version and the paid version. And she didn't have any free version. And I said, why not? And she said, well, why would I offer something for free? If I believe that I've got something of value to give, then why would I give it away for free? If people value what I do, then they'll pay for it. And that was a huge lesson for me. And so if I was to go and start a mastermind group or or do a podcast course, what I would do is I would get 10 people to pay me first, even before I've got the product. I would offer the product at 50% for the first 10 people that sign up pre-launch. And I would say, listen, the, the product, as soon as I got 10 people, who have paid, the product will be available in two weeks. And that way, it's, it's a great way for you to then see if you've actually got a valuable product. Because a lot of people, they think they've got a valuable product and they offer something for free. But then when it comes to charging people, suddenly everybody's like, mm, well, you know, and you've just wasted, you know, six months of your time building this product together, whether it's a mastermind group, whether it's a, a course, whatever it is that you're doing. So my advice would be to first 
see if you've got people out there willing to pay for it. And you could even, you know, pick their brain and, and do a survey and say, you know, what would you be looking for? Because again, and second thing I learned, very, very valuable, is that we tend to think we know what people want and we try and guess what they want, but actually we have no idea what they want. So when I was, when I was going to do my, my podcast course, uh, one of the things that I did is I sat down with four or five people and I asked them, I said to them, if I was to put together a podcast course, what would you want me to, to, to provide? What would you want in that course? And some of the things that they come up, came up with, I had no idea. And some of the things I thought was great, they actually weren't interested in. So I would say the first thing to do if you're going to do a course or a mastermind group is first of all, find out what people want. And then the very last question you should ask them after you've you know, got all the things that, they, that they're looking for, how much would you be willing to pay for this? Yeah. And then they might say, they might say, well, I'll be willing to pay $100. And then you could say, well, if I do X, Y, and Z, if I'm able to provide this and this and this, would you pay $200? And see if they would say yes. And if they say yes, say, okay, great. Well, um, I'm actually going gonna, gonna to produce the product. It'll be ready in two weeks. If you are willing to be one of my first 10 clients, I will give you a 50% discount right now. Yeah. Are you, are you, uh, is that, you know, is that, is that, does that work for you? Yeah, and I'm finding the same thing. I've started a a writing course, and I haven't launched it yet, but I've got some uh, young students in there testing it out for me as we go along, and finding out what their needs are uh, is quite interesting because they're not quite what I thought they would be. Um, I've got teenage novel writers uh, coming on board um, because I don't want to mention to you that I'm an English history teacher in another life, Daniel. Uh, <laughs> I thought I did add, 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 add all that other stuff that you were just, saying earlier. I just, I, just, I just fell asleep for about three seconds. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. And I didn't say anything at the time, but I was having a bit of a chuckle. Uh, yeah, so, and I found that their needs are just that little bit different. So if I'd gone ahead and made the course before I had them on board and I did some live podcasts, uh, sorry, live Facebooks with them, they're asking just questions that are a little bit different, which will make me slant my material a little bit differently for them. So it was sort of that testing period. Uh, and the more I read about online courses and whether it be a podcasting course or what, whether it be, you've got to make sure that your audience is there before you start. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And, yeah. The, and the other thing, I put out something tonight saying, and I put it out on Facebook for, for my listeners, I said, is there anyone who may be interested in a membership uh, I guess a med- membership course or membership club and what kinds of things would you be looking for if we started this thing and got it off the ground because in the indie publishing and in the indie writing there's so much to learn and so much business stuff to learn and I think that networking is right up there that entrepreneurial stuff that you do is right up there so I'm definitely going to recommend that my listeners come across to you Uh, just one last question before I let you go Daniel because you've been a wonderful sport um, as I've taken you from pillar to post and back again what are the future opportunities for Daniel Geffen. Oh, um, <laughs> all these no, questions are know. really throwing you, aren't they? <laughs> no, no, not at all. I just take I take every day as it comes. Opportunities open up all the time. Um, as long as you're getting up and you're and you're doing what you know, as long as you're taking action, that's the key. The key is, is if you're taking action, then um, more doors will open up for you. 
Um, if you're sitting there kind of wondering what to do or overanalyzing or planning or thinking or whatever it is, or just sort of reading everybody else's book or listening to everybody else's podcast, but not, not actually doing your own thing. Um, that, that's what really holds, I think, a lot of people back is that they be, and this is what my book is going to be about, a little tease for everybody there. Uh, the Self-Help Addict is all about the, a person who is constantly consuming and consuming and consuming, but not producing. So my, I think my biggest advice to anybody listening is to try and produce um, every day just something. Just If you're reading a book, at least produce um, an, an article, you know, a page, what you learned from that book. Produce it. If you're listening to a podcast, maybe produce, uh, if, you know, some sort of an audio, some, something, you know, to get into the habit of becoming a producer rather than just a consumer. Um, and I think a lot of uh, what's held a lot of people back is fear. We're just afraid. We're afraid to get ourselves out there. We're afraid to be the person who speaks and to, to, to sort of put our voice out there. We're afraid to, to finally publish the book that we've always wanted to publish. I mean, I've wanted to publish my book for over 10 years now. It's been sitting in my head for 10 years. Uh, the title of the book and the idea has been sitting in my head for 10 years. And it's only now that I finally decided to just sit down and do it. Um, the podcast show as well, uh, you know, I was, if I would have sat down and really thought about it, I wouldn't have done it, you know, oh my goodness, what people are going to think, uh, oh, my voice sounds funny. Whenever I play like, you know, uh, you know, a video of me, I sound so funny. Why would I, well, like when I do a video, it's like, oh my, I didn't know my nose was that long, you know, and all of these voices in your head, you just got to tell them to shut up, you know, just, just shut up and just, and just take action. And the more action you take, the more confident you'll become because you're going to start to see results because that's just the way the world works. You take action, you take action consistently, things start to happen. And then you start to go, oh, wow, look at that. I've got people listening to me. Oh, wow. Somebody said that they liked what I'm doing. Wow. And you get more encouraged and more encouraged. And that just gets you to take more action and it becomes a, 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 an amazing cycle of success. Whereas on the other hand, if you just keep holding back, you get into this vicious cycle of putting things off and you never get things done. And also the other advice I would give as well, is stay away from people who are negative because there's so many people out there that, you know, they're, they're, they're jealous. They're jealous of people who are successful. And more than jealousy, I would say they're afraid. Because if you're successful, that, that means that they need to up their game. And so they usually try to like put you down. They might say something sarcastic or they might make a, a, you know, some remark just to sort of push you down a little bit. And just stay away from those people. Hang out with the positive guys. And, you know, that's, that's, that's probably the best advice I can give right now. Yeah, and uh, I did say that was my last question, and it's certainly ending on a positive note. And one thing that I've found since since beginning my podcast and since um, reaching out to guys like you uh, is that there are lots of people out there who are prepared to help, lots of people who want to see us succeed. Uh, the future of podcasting, I was reading about it, uh, I guess it was only today at school because I was bored, uh, and it seems to be that podcasting is really growing legs. I'm going to my first conference next month, and I'm very, very excited, and I've got a T-shirt coming from uh, Mark 
I suppose, <laughs> so quick, send me my T-shirt out, make sure it's a small one so I look skinny. Uh, and I'm very excited about that. Podcasting does seem to be opening up all new worlds. Are you finding that? Yeah, 100%. 100%. I, I've actually just recently got a massive opportunity, a business opportunity in New York that came completely from the podcast. It was somebody listening to my show and following me, and he, he's got this huge business opportunity that now he's uh, he's getting me involved in, and so I'm very excited about it, and it wouldn't have happened without, without the podcast show. Um, but again, it's not just podcasting, it's anything. As long as you're doing something, as long as you're getting stuff out there and you're being consistent about it, things will start to happen. Um, but yeah, podcasting is huge because... But, you know, the wonderful thing about podcast is that those listening to this right now, um, my guess is you're either going, you're driving or you're commuting or you're walking or running. You're, you're basically, most likely you're on the move and, you know, you can't watch a video really while you're on the move, uh, especially when you're driving, right? Or running. So, so, uh, so podcasting is really, is really for that. And, and radio is just, um, radio, you can't control radio, you know, you, you can't decide to listen to something, you know, specific. So what's great about the podcasting is that if you have a specific topic that you want to listen to, um, that's what podcasting, uh, podcasting has opened up a, a whole massive opportunity there. So yeah, I would, I would definitely recommend anybody who's, who's thinking about doing a podcast to, to definitely go and uh, don't think about it too much, just do it. Yeah, and to all my year eighters out there, your days are numbered. I won't have to go to school and teach you very much longer because the opportunities are just waiting around the corner for me as well. I'm just not quite sure what form they're going to come in, but I'm waiting and I'm ready. Uh, Daniel, thank you very much for being such a wonderful guest today. I look forward to having you back when you've written The Self-Help Addict. I look forward to being in your networking group and seeing where that will take us and, and watching you grow. Daniel's very young. He's got a beautiful young family and I guess the old cliche is the world is his oyster and I'm really excited to be able to sit and watch so thank you Daniel thank you so much Melinda I really appreciate you inviting me onto this show okay and we'll talk again soon bye for now 